Now, the Bobby Curran Show on ESPN Honolulu. Welcome to the Aloha Friday edition of the program. I'm Bobby Curran, along with Tanner Hayworth. Miss will try and bring you the complete world of sports, pros, colleges, high schools, other sporting events taking place here with guests and giveaways and your calls. 296-808-296-1420, in fact. And uh, we'd love to hear you uh, call us or text us and uh, see what you have to say. Hawaii is now getting set to play New Mexico uh, tomorrow down in the uh, enchanted state. And we'll see how that goes because Hawaii's a small favorite in this game, which is interesting. Apparently it's been back and forth according to those who follow those things closely. And I've got so much wind in here, I just never understand it. I'm looking around. It looks to be like still in here, and yet the newspaper's blowing all over the place, and uh, among other documents. Anyway, we have a couple of things to talk about today. I, New Mexico has been bad, I mean, frankly. And they've been bad for a number of years. It's not like a mystery to anybody. That's not going to surprise. Uh, and that's, it's just the truth. In fact, I would, I would kind of think Danny Gonzalez, who I've heard it interviewed on the, in the local, uh, our local media, and he's, he's good. He's a nice guy, talks well, speaks well, former player there, has a ton of respect. He was not as well-known a player in his day as Timmy Chang was in his, uh, clearly, but because he played safety and not quarterback. That would make you uh, understand that. But he, uh, I just think there's probably a limit to how long you can last at a place, even like New Mexico, where expectations are not terribly high, but there may be a limit uh, to where that can go. I, I don't know what it is or how long he'll be around, but I would sort of think that uh, losing this game would be annoying to anybody, I mean, to either side, because you can bet both teams think they're good enough to win this game. And I actually think Hawaii's likely to win it. Um, I just think they've started to find a rhythm on offense. And I do think some of the things that uh, Dan Morrison instituted, you know, the keep it simple thing. I mean, keep the main thing the main thing. Let's keep it simple. Uh, you know, not really overcomplicated. And Timmy seems really on board with that. Uh, and I think it's going to be a key to success for quarterback Braden Shager. That would be my guess. Um, I'm, I'm very interested in this to see how Hawaii can finish their season. You, see, you say, well, geez, it's awfully early. It's only the two and five. Yeah, but that's halfway done. You've got to put the pedal to the metal now. I think it's critical that Hawaii does that. And, you know, I, you just want to have really good feeling going into recruiting. That's going to be critical. You've got to recruit well. You've got to, uh, you've got to practice well in the spring. This has got to be a springboard year. I think. And I, I didn't have huge expectations coming into this year. I know Gary said, well, why shouldn't they go to a bowl? Well, okay, maybe you shouldn't go to a bowl game because your roster's undercooked. Uh, your offensive line is shaky. You don't have the kind of explosive players that can get real pressure on people on defense. Those would be a few reasons. I mean, we have a lot of nice players on this team, just not enough of them. That's really what it comes down to. And, and you're not going to be going to bowl games uh, until you get that fixed. 
So that we're talking about winning records. It's, it's, it's a low bar anymore for bowl games. That's what it takes. You just need to have a winning record. And we're going to have Stephen Sion in just a little while. We'll get his thoughts on how these teams will match up. We've got his thing in the paper that he does that, you know, kind of figuring out who would be favored in the various units. And it's offense, defense, special teams. Well, uh, I think he's got Hawaii as a solid favorite in that regard. I mean, that's just how it goes. He's got Hawaii better in all three phases and uh, better than the Lobos, that is. And so we'll, we can take a look at some of those things. We'll have some fun with that. Um, and I want to have, I, I do want to get to what's going to be important here in the Mountain West going forward. I, to me, now if you just ask me, I think the two best teams in the Mountain West right now are Air Force and Wyoming. I was just saying, I think they're probably at the top. Fresno's not far behind, but most of the rest of the teams um, are very much closer to average. Not saying there won't be more bold games and more bold teams, but uh, more of them are marginal. I, I'm not seeing a lot of people otherwise besides Wyoming and Air Force where I could say, whoa, that's a step away team. Even Boise's not its usual self. That's just how it is. I mean, you could argue it all day, but that's, I think most observers would probably agree with me on, on that with Boise. That's just, they're not special this year. And uh, their record shows it. So, I, you know, what, what do I expect from this game? I would certainly hope that Hawaii's able to move the football. They've had defensive problems all year long, penalty issues uh, in addition. I just think Hawaii's going to be able to score some points in this game. Would, would you, are you expecting to see a reasonably high-scoring game, Tanner? I think when I'm looking at this game... I want to see a reasonably high score for the University of Hawaii. We saw what we could do against a pretty good defense. They aren't, uh, you know, they aren't the San Diego State of the past, sure, but there's still some solidly talented people on that team. So when you go up against a team like New Mexico, I want to see those Shager bombs to Stephen McBride. I want to see those passes to uh, Pofele Ashlock, to Senecal, to Perry, to pretty much anyone who's going to go down the field. So I want to see more of that. And because of that, you'd expect it to be a higher score. I think if we score 30, we win, in my opinion. 30, huh? I, we well, get 30 plus, I'll be very happy as a Rainbow Warrior fan. I actually was, I'm hoping for 40. I mean, what the heck? I mean, Braden Shager is throwing the best deep ball. Of what his, the heck? Of Let's just career. go for 50. Well, you could. <laughs> Let's just keep going. Why, why not? I mean, there's not a, uh, there's no impediment in terms of the other side of the line of scrimmage. That is not a uh, formidable defense. I'm just saying. Also, the comparative score thing, right? We know that Hawaii beat New Mexico State here at Chang Field, and we also know that New Mexico State beat the Lobos. So, that, I mean, does that mean much? No, I suppose not, really. I mean, I'd way more rather have my quarterback complete eight of his first nine, say. That, that would, mean, to me, mean more than who won a comparative score game. But we'll see. I, I think it's going to be interesting. Um, and Hawaii's a small favorite. I think I saw two, two and a half uh, yesterday. That's been going back and forth. Uh, do you have the latest line? See what you can find on the far as the Las Vegas, the latest line. I think it's going to be in that ballpark. I think Hawaii will be favored, and I think it'll be small. That's what I'm expecting. 
And it's about uh, 10 minutes past uh, 6 o'clock. If you have something today, 808-296-1420. do want to mention while we're here before we go to a break that last night's tip-off banquet, again, was terrific in the Stan Sheriff's. They really make the place look nice. They have uh, foods and wines and, and auction items, both silent and live. Good job by uh, Larry Beal and Neil Everett, I thought. They were kind of entertaining. I'll tell you who almost stole the show, though, was David Allums. David Allums was a hoot uh, last night. And we got to see some of the, uh, some of the players, but some of them for little fashion mavens. I think uh, you could sort of put uh, jo you know, Javon Holiday, uh, Javon McClanahan, rather, in that uh, conversation. And probably Cody Williams. These guys care about that stuff. Some of them were just uh, not so much. And it was great fun to see those guys. They helped on the live auction, by the way. They were my spotters. They would tell me when to bid one up because sometimes people see that you can't really see them. But when you have more sec pointing out a bidder, it's hard to miss at seven foot one. That was uh, good fun. Saw a lot of people I haven't seen in a long time. The crowd was enthusiastic. I think they're really ready for tonight's game against exhibition game against St. Mary's. St. Mary's has, get this, I don't know if I've seen this before. They have 12 of 14 players back. I mean, that is quite extraordinary. And so we're going to have a lot to talk about with that uh, second uh, or third segment. We're going to take a timeout, but first a reminder, you can win a $1,000 cash grand prize and $100 weekly prizes in ESPN Honolulu's Pigskin Picks, brought to you by M. Dyer Global and Young's Fish Market. Visit ESPNHonolulu.com right now to register. We'll be right back. Welcome back uh, to this Friday edition of the program. We want to welcome to the program from the land of enchantment, Stephen Sai, uh, the beat writer for the Honolulu Ad Star Advertiser, who is uh, there uh, in Albuquerque and ready for tomorrow's game. Stephen, how goes it? Well, I'm still on my search for a bolo tie. It's been a, you know, a 30-year search, and I haven't quite found the right one. Well, they got plenty of them there, don't they? I mean, it's just a matter yeah, of you being but... fussy. Yeah, you know, I've got a huge neck and a big head, so it's got to match. Okay, there you go. And uh, you would have enjoyed the fashion show last night at the Stan Sheriff Center for the tip-off banquet. You might have, you probably could guess who two of the more fashion-forward guys on that team are. Take a shot and see if you can come up with one. I don't know. They've got a lot of Europeans, and they dress uh, fancily. Uh, I don't know. Noel Coleman, would that be one? I would say Noel Coleman might be third. I would put him really? third on the list, yeah. The uh, one guy's uh, as American as it gets. In fact, the other two are both American as it gets. Well, I'll tell you. Oh, it's, yeah. Yeah, it's uh, Cody Williams and it's uh, Javon McClanahan. Oh, there you go. Okay. That, that probably figures when you kind of think it over. Anyway, uh, it was a fun event last night. Looking forward to the game tonight. You have uh, a day to get ready for the game tomorrow. What are you anticipating? Uh, it's going to be an interesting thing because um, under Timmy Chang, Hawaii has not won a road game, and uh, New Mexico has not won a conference home game since, I believe, 2017. So somebody's streak is about to end, I think. Do you still have ties in football? No, I don't think so. So somebody's streak is about to end. Well, that'll be interesting. I mean, it sounds like these teams are not too far off. They've both had issues with turnovers. 
They've had defensive lapses. They have been able at times to score points in bunches. Which, what do you think carries the day tomorrow? Well, um, I think it's going to be a lot of factors of the Hawaii's health is going to be a concern. Um, uh, I think the running, the running game has been kind of hurt by injuries. Uh, and Hawaii is, I believe, 130th in the country, but dead last in uh, rushing. So, and I think yeah, that, that factor is also. But um, I think Hawaii's really got to get the running game going, especially playing a mile uh, high up in the altitude. Well, we know this. New Mexico will run the football some, yeah? Yeah, they will, and uh, and they'll throw a little bit off play action. Uh, Dylan Hopkins is um, a quarterback who um, who came over from UAB with his um, offensive coordinator. So they they've worked together for about four or five years. So they know each other, they know the system, and uh, it's a matter of whether the other players know the system. Right, that's always critical. Let, let me let's get to Hawaii for a second, because I thought within Morrison showing up and trying to help simplify things for Braden Shager, that seemed to be somewhat uh, successful. I thought he was throwing a beautiful deep ball last week. Yeah, he is. Um, he's, he's going in that extent defense. And a lot of it has to do with Stephen uh, Glide McBride because I believe he's uh, really extending the defenses and um, you know, opening up for the undercover, under underneath patterns. And as you know, uh, when Kuali Nishigaya um, has space underneath, he's very effective. Well, the other guy who I think is almost getting overlooked lately, or at least this week, has got to be Pafeli Ashlock. I think so. I think he um, um, had a really strong start. Um, he struggled as, as, as the team was trying to learn this offense, um, um, and, and I think he's, he's kind of back on track. And, and, uh, and the team has also made transformation. Um, uh, initially, uh, because they faced two three uh, teams that had three um, safeties playing the high looks, that, um, that they wanted to run the ball a little bit more, wanted to have a, you know, a bigger slot in there. And uh, with um, Grayson Morgan uh, entering the transfer portal, there are no real true t- uh, tight ends on this team. So I think Hawaii's gone back to the true run and shoot with the with two slot backs uh, instead of a slot back and a tight end. So well, I mean, Justin, uh, and Pofeli's done well. I think Koali Nishigai is perfect in the slot. He's he's almost hard to locate. He doesn't. He rarely drops a ball that he gets his hands on, and he cuts really sharply. Yeah, and he's been in the system since uh, high school, so. Uh, I think he's, he's very familiar with it, and uh, you're right. He's, uh, he's a guy that does get open, and that's what they need. Uh, just keep moving the chains, getting guys open. Well, le- do you again anticipate high scoring tomorrow? Uh, no, because I think um, New Mexico tries to keep it low scoring. They the um, they don't run a, a huddle offense, but what they do is they'll everyone will turn to the sideline, uh, the entire team, uh, the offense to get signals, and they'll try to slow it up a little bit. And I think that's their strategy. Is to, um, uh, try to create a, um, a short, short in the game, I guess, for the running game, and and, and try to um, see what happens. Uh, you know, we're just a little bit more than your team. This is one area or one opponent that I think New Mexico could feel like, hey, maybe we don't have to do that against these guys. They don't run the ball terribly well, or certainly haven't, and uh, we turn turn them into one dimensional. We can cut it loose. Yeah, but uh, the problem with New Mexico is they don't create turnovers. I believe they only force the uh, uh, two uh, two turnovers, both on fumbles. They don't have an interception this year, so uh, yeah, this this is a team that's, that's going to have uh, trouble gaining possessions. That I know they want to extend their possessions, but trouble is trying to create enough possessions. Yeah, that that'll be interesting. What are they anticipating for weather tomorrow? Uh, uh, I think at that, at that time it could be pretty good weather. Uh, it's going to be a four o'clock start. I think today. It's going to be in the 80s uh, at 4 o'clock, and then it'll go down. Uh, that's the lowest it'll probably be, will be in the 50s, but 
I don't think that the weather's going to be much of a concern. Again, I think it's going to be the altitude that's a concern. And uh, Timmy Chang is not talking about altitude to the players because uh, I guess he doesn't want to psych him out. But that, I think that's going to be a real factor. But uh, the um, Hawaii's favorite um, observer consultant is on this trip. He stopped by on his way to Dallas. So Dan Morrison will be there offering his, um, his tips and everything. He, oh, he can't coach on He can't coach on the field, but he can be there um, offering you know, suggestions and things like that. He's been very... And helpful. He's been helpful to Braden Shager, but it's also been helpful to Timmy Chang, sort of reminding him um, how things were back in the old days when they ran the run and shoot. Well, it's funny because I don't know that the run and shoot was a whole lot more successful than that ever, really. I mean, Timmy Chang really had it going on with that group. And not to say that other other players didn't have it uh, going pretty well also. Nick Rolovich and Colt Brennan and even Cole McDonald to some extent um, really could run that offense when necessary. I, I remember, I want to say it was, was it New Mexico? Where Cole, uh, Cole McDonald had that really long run from scrimmage. I want to say it was kind of 75 yards-ish. I don't know, maybe it wasn't there. Maybe it was somewhere else, but it was uh, somewhere in the southwest, I think. Can't think of where else it might have been. But in any case, um, I don't think Braden Shager has quite the running abilities of some previous quarterbacks, even as recently as Chevin Cordero. But he does have some escapability. And I also think he might have as strong an arm as most of those guys. Your thought? I, yeah, I think so. And, 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 and if you go back to uh, his high school days, I think it was in the um, state uh, um, tournament that they had. And um, uh, he, he, he was a he's a feisty guy. And I, I believe he broke his jaw and a couple of teeth that were chipped. And he still stayed in the game. And uh, he, today he still has that the, sort of the false teeth in, in the front. He says, I, I think he's going to get that corrected after his playing career is over. But he said he's a tough guy. And uh, uh, on scrambles and, and design runs, his average is fairly good. So um, he, he's a guy that's he's not, he's not Cole McDonald, but he, he can move if he has to move. And he's, and not a, other, and he's certainly not afraid to stick his nose in. Right. And, and the, the other factor, too, is that uh, uh, and he's been a little, little low-key about it, but June Jones has been kind of um, been helpful to the team, too. Timmy Chang um, calls them a lot, and they, they have conversations about once a week. Or um, and so I think it's, I think Timmy and uh, Brain Shager are getting sort of the best advice they can for for this offense. No question, that, that's got that's got to be helpful. How long was Dan Morrison in this with June? It was a long time, wasn't it? Right. Well, um, nine at UH, and then uh, then he was several years at the SMU. So and um, I believe when. Uh, uh, June went up to Canada. That Dan Morrison's also helped out, and and then after after this season, uh, Dan, uh, who's now based in Dallas, is, is going to be helping out Nick Rolovich uh, with the Seattle franchise of whatever that new sea dragons. League is. Whether it's, yeah, whether it's the XFL or, or uh, I think they might have merged. Uh, so whatever, but uh, um, yeah, Nick Rolovich will be the offense coordinator for Seattle, and, and Morrison will be helping him. That's that's very cool. There's a real there's a real ongoing connection with those guys. Yeah, I think, so. I think once, once, once you're in the family, you're always in the family. And that's why we see Sean with the Allen and Brian Moniz at almost every practice. Have you, have you had a chance to talk to Coach Gonzalez from New Mexico? Uh, no, uh, not. Uh, I talked to him at the media day um, uh, this summer. Interesting guy. Um, I think he's, he's feeling a lot of pressure. Um, uh, when he first took over, he was really open and things were fun. But it's also because um, for a while he also had Rocky Long helping him out. But um, I think things are a little bit tougher now, and uh, there's a lot of pressure um, to start winning and get this program going. You know, he hasn't had even close to a winning year yet, and that, that always, at, at some point, that always wears thin. Yeah, and I also think it was, it was kind of remarkable how he got them through 
uh, the pandemic because I believe uh, New Mexico was based in Las Vegas for uh, several weeks um, during the pandemic and did a really jo- good job of keeping the team together. But it, it's a tough situation for uh, New Mexico and a lot of other schools because I don't believe they get the NIL money. Um, it's, uh, there's just a lot of different options for, um, for players now, and I think a lot of them are not choosing New Mexico to be that option. Yeah, I think that's tough. When you're not winning and there's no money to be made, that's a tough combination. But they have casinos, so, hey, that should be some money, but I don't think the money's getting funneled to the program. So have you stopped in one of the casinos yet? And Usually you like uh, to no, make at I'm, least a look in. I'm, no, I, I, no, I've gone to Chipotle. That was about the extent of my thing. And, um, and again, I am on, in the search for a bowl of tie. There you Just go. Well, my head. We'll wish you good luck on that. Anybody has a tip for Steven Sy on a good bolo tie in Albuquerque, pass it on, and we'll get it through to you. Steven, I appreciate talking with you as always. Have a good, uh, have a good uh, report on the game tomorrow. Oh, yeah. And by the way, uh, several years ago, a colleague of mine uh, was looking for, a, um, I think, a leather belt or something for his wife to match her leather jacket, and we went to Ye Old Leather Shop which turned out to be not the kind of leather shop people should be going to, sort of an adult leather shop. Oh, so, uh, wow. Yeah. I don't think I'll be getting my bolo tie from there either. Yeah, I don't think your uh, wife would appreciate it, first of all. <laughs> so good stuff. Okay. Anyway, Stephen, thanks right. much for the time today. Take care. Bye. Stephen Sy from Albuquerque, where he's not expecting a terribly high-scoring game. It'll be interesting to see what happens in this. I, I, he thinks that New Mexico will do what it always does, which is try to slow the game down. I, if I was New Mexico, I might say, you got a team against you. What you got to do is turn Hawaii into a one-dimensional team. They have not shown any running attack at all. Now, not to say that, you know, you might not get a, uh, you know, a breakout by Tylen Hines tomorrow. Maybe you will. But, but it hasn't happened yet, and I think all of us have been waiting for that to occur, and it really hasn't. I'm actually finding that Landon Sims has turned into quite a useful performer. Every time I see him, I'm reminded of his dad. We met with those guys when Hawaii was up to play. I'm trying to think of who. Was it Washington State, uh, perhaps, in in Seattle? I can't remember exactly, but they were playing somebody up there. And uh, and so Travis brought his son to like a Friday night reception. It was really good seeing him. He had once interned at this radio station, Travis did. Uh, the year after Jason Elam, because I guess I was a relaxed uh, assignment uh, tasker, so they they but lining up, I put stopped that after a while. But uh, Travis Sims was as about a f- as fast a B back, so called fullback, as we've ever seen here. Amazing straight ahead speed. I think I think Landon's a little shiftier, but maybe not not quite as fast. Although he runs well, he averaged like nine yards a carry in high school. I mean, clearly he tore it up in, uh, in Washington uh, schoolboy stuff. So anyway, I think we'll see some of him tomorrow, and uh, we'll see a couple of other guys as well. So uh, they're, they're kind of willing to share a little bit more of the load, especially when uh, Tylen Hines was injured. Uh, he was replaced by a couple of guys. So uh, it's going to be interesting to see how that works. Let's do this. Let's take a quick timeout. We'll be right back on The Bobby Curran Show, ESPN, Honolulu.
Welcome back to the Friday edition of the Bobby Curran Show. Well, I know the, our next caller, Sam, we know what his primary interest is. It's the Indianapolis Colts. He's nothing if not consistent. And, uh, well, you saw the news, of course, that the Colts are shutting him down, uh, Anthony Richardson, for the year. Uh, Sam, surprising? This is true, Bobby. Good morning, brother. Always appreciate you taking my call. Yeah. Um, and, uh, yeah, man, so, I, honestly, I think it's uh, being being a selfish fan. I, I want to see him out there. You know, in, the, in those four games he played, flashes are a greatness. But, I mean, I think, honestly, for his development, it's a great thing for him to sit and watch, Rob. And for him to watch Minshew, I mean, he had a, he had a horrible game on Sunday. I really don't see him having a bad game again on this Sunday against the Browns. But for him to sit and watch Minshew and just watch the game and develop and work on footwork, and things like that. So when he comes back probably next year, he's going to be extra hungry and hopefully stays healthy and just can ball out, you know? I actually have think there's high hopes for him around the league. He showed you enough in short uh, short duration to think that this guy can be an elite NFL quarterback. 100%. Just got to learn how to, you know, just got to learn how to slide, got to learn to take care of that body. Um, I really think he should like look to what Tua did in the offseason and look at that judo and look at martial arts as far as falling and rolling and and taking care of his body the right way, you know what I mean? That has really helped to it. I mean, people laugh about that. There are memes about it. But I'm sorry. I think it's helped him completely. 100%. And then, too, uh, granted, if, if the Colts you know, go on a skid and you know, lose lose a bunch of games this year, I hope not. But, I mean, the worst case, we'll get a, another great pick for uh, potentially another wide receiver for, for AR or another lineman, you know. So I think it's got to pan out. Plus, I think Dallas going to going to pull the trigger on, on a couple of wide receivers before the end of the month, hopefully. So... We'll see, Bobby. I'm just excited, man. And I, I hope we can, we can get a win on Sunday against the Browns, you know? Well, everybody wants to beat the Browns, I think. Let's just face <laughs> it. There's something about that. Team. They're a little arrogant, that team. I mean, they've never really won anything so far, and yet they seem to carry themselves with a great deal of swagger. they got a great defense. you can't, you got to <laughs> give them that. But, um, but yeah, P.J. Walker, he was a Colt at one point a few years ago. So he's playing good, but, you know. I want, I want to see him get a win, Bobby. I think if we can get a win, we can get in a roll. We've got some wonderful games coming up, so we'll see what happens. I don't know if you watch much of P.J. Walker, but he was the starter for June Jones's Houston Roughnecks team that had gone undefeated in that uh, that previous version of the USFL, I guess it was. Was it was that the XFL? Or US? I can never keep track. That was XFL, yeah. Think, yeah, XFL, yeah, yeah, that's right, he was. He, he put the, he's a great quarterback, man. No, he's, he's a good player, no a, question. I, thought he looked, I actually thought he looked pretty good. He looks good, man. I mean, yeah. he's mobile. He's got to make decisions better, you know. But um, yeah, other than that, Bobby, I appreciate you, man. I hope, I hope, uh, I hope the UH Bows can can keep it rolling and get get on a, on a nice little run. Get yeah, a little a little run. Now's the time because I don't think there's an a, opponent more suited to them than New Mexico. One hundred percent. The little little get right game, you know. Well, good. Thanks for the call, man. And we we have a couple of we have we have time right now, which is unusual, which is great. Give us a ring if you'd like. 808-296-1420 is the number. And you may have some thoughts. And I want to remind everybody there are plenty of good tickets available for tonight at the Stan Sheriff Center. They've converted that from the Gala Wonderland into back to a basketball court. And this is an inter I've never seen this before. Now, in exhibition games, anything's possible. So Hawaii's going to play a full game. And, and then they, the two coaches have agreed to play an additional 12 minutes when the game ends. And obviously, this is a, they're trying to get in some of the guys who might not be you know, first rotation guys. They want everybody to get a chance to play in the fundraiser charity exhibition. So why not? 
And, uh, hey, the more the merrier. It's college basketball, and it's good college basketball. St. Mary's apparently is even higher than the number 22. I saw them in some of these uh, preseason polls. Some people have them in the top 20. That's a good team. First of all, have you ever heard of this? They have 12 of 14 guys back from last year. How is that? Including Aiden Mahaney, who is a terrific player. You may remember him from the St. Mary's team last year. Just a... Uh, one of the, I think he was one of the five, voted one of the five best freshmen in America last year. He's really a good player, so that'll be fun. And but you, can you imagine how a guy with the temperament of uh, Javon Holiday takes that? He takes that as a personal, not only as a personal assignment, but somehow it's a personal affront. Oh yeah, that guy is younger than I am, and he is like all world supposedly. Good luck. I tell you one thing, I, I promise you this. Javon Holiday will slow him down or he'll die. McClanahan, I don't know why I keep calling him that. But Javon McClanahan will slow him down or die trying, I believe. And that's, uh, I, I love Javon McClanahan. He's just a beast. I, I, I don't think anybody realized that this was going to be maybe the most valuable player on the Hawaii team last year. But I think the Big West coaches have developed a respect for him. They kind of see a guy who just battles and battles and battles and never, ever quits. And that's going to be important against a guy like Mahaney. So this, this is going to be a really fun game. I'm very happy to announce that I'll be partnered with Derek Lowe this year as, uh, as Josh Pacheco was last year and uh, had a conversation with him kind of late last night. He was a little under the weather, but he's, uh, he's recovered and recovering and expected uh, to be on the sidelines with me tonight. I'm looking forward to it. The former Iolani and Washington State. Great. So it'll be fun to, to work with him. 42 minutes past 6 o'clock. If you have something you want to talk about, uh, go ahead. I, I don't know how to evaluate. I'll give you a team I can't really evaluate. I really don't know what to make of the Jacksonville Jaguars. They sometimes can be very good and other times... Not so hot. Now, they hung on last night uh, against the Saints, but it was not what I would call a convincing win. I, you know, I think that they, at their best, they sort of get it done, but it's never very, or rarely, I should say, is it very impressive. I just want to look at the passing numbers. And for Trevor Lawrence, he was uh, 20 for 20. I want to say, is that a six? I believe so. Uh, 20 for 26. For 204 yards. Now, those are not mega impressive numbers, but it was enough to get them the win as the Saints rally kind of fell short late. I don't know. Is Trevor Lawrence an underachiever? I mean, let's remember the hype when he came out of college. Best prospect in I don't know how many years. And, you know, he's six foot six. He can run, a really strong arm. I don't know if he has achieved as much as many people had predicted for him. That's just my sense of it. Um, maybe he has, maybe in some people's minds, including his own coach, he's on his way. Uh, but I just think people want to see more, especially from outside the organization, um, which is interesting. I'm taking a look at some of the other things that are interesting uh, to me this in the league this week. And, I, you know, I don't know. Tampa Bay is an interesting case because I think actually, I would actually say Baker Mayfield's done better than I expected with them. I mean, he's proven that he's a bit of a he's a journeyman, yes, but he's a tough guy. And I don't think anybody has much doubt about that. And as I look around, I'm saying, well, you know, that's not a bad team. That, they're winning the South. Now, you know, you're hardly convincing 
because they're three wins against two losses, and Atlanta's on their heels. New Orleans is, uh, is three and four. The only team that really looks out of it in that uh, division is, uh, or in that, uh, yeah, in that division is uh, Carolina. They're horrible. I never thought they would be there. I just figured just having Bryce Young would make them better than they are. But it just goes to show you need a, more than just a star-driven quarterback. you you got to get a full roster. you got to have an offensive line. you got to be able to get pressure on defense, stop the run. If you can't do those things, it doesn't, I don't care how good your quarterback is. You're not going to win. It's uh, interesting. We're, we're going to talk a little more about some of the games this weekend since we have a minute or two. I'll tell you what we should do. We should take a timeout, and when we come back, we will get to the Sunday list of the games that are promising. Stay with us. It's the Bobby Curran Show on ESPN in Honolulu. Welcome back to the Aloha Friday edition of the program. I'm Bobby Curran along with Tanner Hayworth. Looking over this Sunday schedule for the NFL, I mean, there's some games that are interesting. I, for example, I'll give you one that I think is is kind of fun, and it only maybe for me because I'm a Giant fan, and Cindy Bourne is a huge Commanders fan, and Washington's visiting New York. I would kind of think this could be important to Ron Rivera's survival. If they were to lose to the Giants, they might be saying, you know what, we just got a clean house here. We've got to clean house and make it all different. As long as they're still in the hunt with a win over the Giants, they'd be four and three. I would think it would be hasty to, file Ron, to fire Ron Rivera. I don't think Ron Rivera's done anything to deserve to get fired in particular. It's just that that miasma in Washington is a mess. And, and fans there who are very loyal are also very tired of it. I don't blame them for that. I, another game that I think is into it was one of the early games this Sunday is Detroit at Baltimore. I, you know, you got to be impressed with everything that Ke- Coach Campbell has done uh, with Detroit. He's got those guys believing for sure. I think I told this story once before because I ran at a uh, at a pigskin pig out fundraiser. I ran into Ikaika Lama Francis, who played, was drafted high, and played for Detroit. And he said he told me. He went against Campbell every day in practice. I don't know if that's something I would aspire to because he looks like a junkyard dog, but uh, don't get me wrong. Ikaika Lama Francis can hold his own. He's huge. And uh, what's kind of interesting about that is that, you know, I was wondering if maybe at some point Lama Francis would go into coaching. Instead, he now owns owns a chicken franchise which is really crazy and, uh, interestingly, in Alamona Center and doing quite well for himself. And, of course, uh, Coach Campbell, I think, is has a chance, I think, this year. I don't know what you think about this town, but I think he's got a chance to be Coach of the Year. I mean, he, they're exceeding expectations every day out. No one's – Jared Goff is no longer a meme. He's playing as well as most of the quarterbacks in the league. I think there's real reason to feel like that team has a playoff chance. Your thought? Well, yeah. I mean, the NFC North is also super weak. I think the one thing to worry about if you are the Detroit Lions, however, 
is missing out on David Montgomery at the same time that Jameer Gibbs is also dealing with an injury. So you might be seeing a lot more Jameer Gibbs, so a lot of fantasy owners will be very pleased with that. Um, but you might be seeing a lot of Craig Reynolds, a guy who saw time a lot last year when guys like DeAndre Swift and Jamal Williams were hurt as well. And we've seen how much they really do rely on that power running game started by David Montgomery. So it's going to be interesting to see how they pivot their offense now that he's going to be out for a couple of weeks with that rib injury. It'll be interesting. I, I think that they will adapt. And I think Jared Goff will prove he's a little bit more than just a game manager. And for anybody who thinks that's what he is, and I think there was wise. A lot of people thought, you might remember back, when the trade for Stafford happened, a lot of people thought they were just going to release him. That was the expectation. He'd be there for a year as a stopgap, and then he'd be let go into the nether world of former NFL quarterbacks. Didn't happen. He uh, took the bull by the horns, and he has proven to be a pretty, a pretty good player. Let's look at some of the other stuff here. Pittsburgh at the Rams. Uh, you know, that's a game that often can be really good. I'm not sure it will be this year. I just don't think the Rams are what they were. I don't know, maybe Sean McVay's regretting his decision not to go into a lucrative television contract because it just hasn't uh, gone well for him. They are 3-3, uh, three and three, not what I think they had for expectations out on the West Coast, but that's what's happened. And then you take a look around at uh, the one other game that I find interesting is Miami at Philadelphia. Now, that's the night game. That's the 2.20 p.m. game. I'm going to try and watch that one. That, I think that'll be very entertaining. And, uh, and so that's where we're at. It'll be, uh, it'll be good fun to see it. Tua Tango Vailoa, I think very much in the conversation for the uh, MVP of the league. We're going to have to take a quick timeout and let you go. Welcome the sports animals right after this. I'm Bobby Curran. Aloha.